Welcome back to the Love, Baby, and Toddler podcast. Last week, we talked all about traveling with our kids. It was fun talking about things we've learned and tips we've picked up along along the way. This week, we're going to talk about something that, in our opinion, is not talked about enough. We're going to talk about the changes in our bodies postpartum. And I think that this is a huge, huge topic that there's a lot of pressure around it. There's a lot of stress that can be caused by it. And there's a lot of things, especially in the era of social media that we're living in right now, which is just seems to be getting like stronger and bigger and bigger. I think that it, there's a lot of pressure to, and I'm going to use this word like with air quotes, snap back after having a baby. And I think especially like my first pregnancy and my first postpartum first time around, like, I think that <laughs> you go to the hospital, you have a baby. And in a lot of people's minds who haven't like researched it or actually seen like real moms and real women who've given birth, you think that you have the baby and you leave the hospital, like maybe not as flat as your stomach used to be. But like, I personally didn't realize until, you know, closer to having Emmy and like, while I was pregnant, just kind of like following people on Instagram, talking to my friends who had babies that you literally leave the hospital still looking very much pregnant. And that in itself, I remember thinking, I mean, I guess let's just dive right into it because tonight we really just want to have a conversation. We don't really have any like questions, no prompts, nothing for each other. I just kind of want this to flow a little bit. I remember thinking when I was really pregnant, I remember being like, okay, I was in the shower and I was like, after I give birth, like, what is my body going to look like? And you have no idea because I didn't know if it was going to be like, still kind of like hard and round, or if all of a sudden it was just going to be loose skin. And it was, it's just, I don't even, I can't even put like that into words because after getting pregnant, trying to conceive, getting pregnant, having a pregnancy, going through the nine ish, whatever months you go through. And then all of a sudden you have the baby and then you have to keep this baby fed and alive and everything. And then you are also thrown into something that your body has never been like before. Yeah. It's so weird because you really, you don't know what it's going to be on the other side. And I know for me, that wasn't something I was focused on during the pregnancy at all. Like I would try to walk and I was gaining like, I don't know. I think I gained 50 pounds with Nix, and that's even so like, postpartum body is one thing, but even being pregnant, I mean, it's different for everyone. And what is normal weight gain or what does that mean for you? And there are some people who gain that much weight and then they do, you know, just kind of bounce right back to before. And there's others who hold on to it. And I remember thinking for myself, the same thing, like kind of just curious, I didn't get any stretch marks until 38 weeks. I think my body was so stretched that I just didn't notice them because then after I had the baby, I realized I had stretch marks like even behind my kneecaps. I didn't even know that was a thing. (laughs) So it's just like my whole body just kind of like ballooned. And so like my skin, you know, and I think people can push all the creams and belly casts, you know, whatever, whatever you do, your skin, it's, it's going to do what it's going to do. Nothing is going to prevent them. It can help. I think with discomfort, if your skin is stretching, keeping it moisturized, but if you're someone who's going to get stretch marks, you're going to get them. And if you're somebody who's 
but the way you carry is the way your uterus sits going to push your belly out further. That's just what it's going to be for you. And I think that's a thing where someone might see you and you might be six months pregnant and they're like, oh my gosh, you still have three months to go. You're huge. Or you're going to pop any day. I remember people saying those things to me at work. I remember being 20 weeks halfway. So excited. I made it to the halfway point telling someone he's like, you still have 20 weeks to go. I was like, yeah, is it a, is it a man? It was a man. Yeah. <laughs> It's always a man. It's always a man who's never carried a baby who says those things. There was like the nicest guy. I was teaching um, in a preschool and I was pregnant with Emmy and there was a guy and he was like security guard and he was the nicest guy within like our school sat within a church. We shared space with him and he was the church's main security guy, but he also was in charge of like the entire building. And he was so nice. All the kids loved him. He was great. He said to me like a couple of times and he's meant it like so harmlessly, but straight up said, oh, how much, how much weight have you gained so far? And I was just like, oh my God, why? And I like laughed it off. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) But like, why would you ask somebody that? Because I remember too. Okay. Can we just say also that maybe this episode should not be just about our bodies postpartum because I think the changes start happening within pregnancy. <clears throat> right. And like, I, I remember my first couple appointments when I was pregnant with Emmy and I was like, you know, they weigh you every single time you go in and they write the weight down. And I remember that, and I've never been obsessed with my weight ever, but I remember it being just like really stressful and maybe because I don't really weigh myself. And then all of a sudden, you know, toward the end too, like I'm seeing numbers on the scale that I've never, ever seen in my whole life. I remember feeling like, do you have to weigh me this time? Like I didn't like it. And I I wonder if I could have said, can I just not look or like, you know, yeah, just for peace of mind. Yeah. I mean, my pregnancies were all kind of back to back. And when I had Cece, or when I got pregnant with Cece, I was six months postpartum with Scotty. And so I, I did not lose really any of the weight. And I went in and they had me do a glucose test right away, like at one of my very first appointments, because they said I was overweight. So they're like, we have to just like screen you for gestational diabetes up front because of your weight. And it's, it's just kind of stressful. And I think you're right. Obviously you want to do what's right for your baby, make sure they're healthy and stuff. But I think my point is for postpartum, you might think you're going to, if, if you gain 50 pounds, you might think you're going to lose all, all that 50 or 40 or even 30 pounds shortly after. And I am now almost a year and a half postpartum from having a baby. And I still am like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do the mental math. I think I'm like 25 pounds heavier than when I first got pregnant with Nick's. And I have been breastfeeding this whole time um, with Cece. I'm still nursing and I work out anywhere from three to five days a week. And I eat okay, but for me, I'm not someone who goes into breastfeeding and the weight just melts off my body. I I saw a TikTok like a couple of weeks ago where the girl was like, they say weight melts off when you breastfeed and it shows a before picture of her. And then it does like a dramatic sound change and it shows her a lot thinner. And she's like, say less showing her breastfeeding. And it was just like, 
that's not the case for everybody. And I think it just can make people feel really sad and bad. People are always talking about how what weight will just melt off when breastfeeding. When a lot of times people, it, they like retain weight when they breastfeed. So I remember, I think, cause I wasn't really exercising too much postpartum with Emmy, but I do remember, like, I think that I lost a certain amount of weight breastfeeding yeah. and then it kind of just like plateaued. plateaued. But I also wanted to say, like, say you weigh like 130 pounds when you get pregnant and yeah. say you gain 40 pounds and then maybe you go into it thinking like, okay, postpartum, I'm going to lose those 40 pounds. I'm going to mm-hmm. fit into all my clothes. My body, I, I eventually, you know, I got back down to my my pre-pregnancy weight, whatever. Yeah. But my clothes didn't fit because my whole life, my hips have just been like really straight. Yeah. yeah. And then I realized I was like, wow, like your body doesn't just change in terms of how much fat, water, whatever in the world, you know, yeah. the baby, my hips probably, I want to say expanded at expanded. least a full, a full inch, two inches, yeah, maybe more. So that to me was also interesting because it was like, And then people look at you and they're like, oh, you're all belly. Oh, you're going to be all belly, blah, blah, blah. But then like, it's just so, I don't know, like it can be really toxic, I think, because people were saying, oh, when you get pregnant, you'll be all belly, all belly. But I gained weight all over my body. I gained it like my thighs, my arms, my stomach, my face was like a little bit swollen and and everywhere. So then it's just like, you feel a little bit like, oh, they they thought I was going to be all belly and now I'm not. Like, I wonder what people think of me. It's just like leading that going into like a postpartum period where people want to come and see the baby and you're still looking pregnant because maybe people come over when the baby's still like really tiny. It's a lot of like mental strength that you have to have. It's hard with social media because I mean, just with body image in general, and I try to, with my girls, be really mindful of how I talk about my body, how I talk about working out. And I'd be lying if I said I'm so confident in how I am looking and feeling in my postpartum body. I'm not. I'm so thankful for my body that I've been able to carry my kids, that I have been able to be the sole provider for them while that while I carry to them and then for their first year of life while I'm breastfeeding. But that still doesn't mean I came out of it and I'm like really confident in in the changes in my body and it's funny you say that about your hip, your hips because i was telling you earlier i have a black tie wedding to go to and i got some dresses i could not even get these dresses some of them over my hips and i was like i can't believe how wide my hips are and then once i get them over my hips and my waist i can it's okay i got it fits nice around around my back but then I pull it up over my chest and I go Corin can you try to zip this and he goes Molly this is like California and New York that that's literally what he said <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's how far apart the back of your dress is one side is California and one side is New York that is not coming together I was just like <laughs> oh which right the story itself is funny it's funny and I'm yeah. laughing at you because I love you so much yeah. but I also know how incredibly frustrating that is and that must yeah. be especially ordering stuff online yeah it's I've been dreading even having to dress up for something like this because I know my chest has literally tripled in size I don't even know. I've been wearing nursing bras, so I don't even know what size I am. I haven't gone. And I'm like, 
I know my body's not done changing. I know when I'm done nursing, I'm, you know, done having kids. So when I'm done nursing CC, I would expect my chest to get smaller again, but I have no idea. So I don't know. It's just so hard. It's like ever changing. I feel like for the last five years, just from the second I got pregnant with Nick's to now, I feel like I can't shop. I, at least with COVID, I lived in athleisure. So at least it's stretchy. <laughs> I, I wanted to say too, and I, I don't know how to put this into words in like a very, um, in a good way. So bear with me. But I feel like after I had Emmy, and I feel like I can't be the only person who felt this, you know how sometimes people assume, or you think that people might be assuming you look pregnant again, because you still, you haven't lost that weight in your belly. Yeah. People don't only just assume it. They also ask they, it. They ask it. So I'm, you know, like postpartum and like, I felt, I remember just feeling mentally just kind of self-conscious that I have not lost all the weight or I like gained a little weight during COVID. And I remember thinking, which is so messed up, just this whole world in general is messed up that I even had to think like this, but thinking, oh, if I go out here and I wear this and I look a little bigger, people are just going to think I'm pregnant, blah, blah. I'm like, why does this culture exist? Why is this so frustrating? Why can't I just be, why can't I just go out and feel comfortable and not feel like I have to be I don't know. I'm like yielding people's opinions and what they're saying. And like, even if they're not saying it or thinking it, I'm still kind of making myself feel like crazy about it. Well, I feel like too, when you're in that age where it's just like a society thing, it's like an expectation. You go to high school, you go to college, you find a husband, you get married, you get pregnant, you have kids, you have another kid. Then if you only have one gender, it's when are you having another kid? And it's like, it doesn't stop until you're past the age where you could be done having kids. We talked about this before about how people always ask you, when are you having another? Or people ask me, are you trying for the boy? And so, of course, if people think, you know, you look pregnant, they're going to just assume you're having another baby. Or then if you're going out to a function and maybe you don't feel like drinking, people are like, she's definitely pregnant. She's not, you know, it was just like, it's like, it takes nine months to, to grow a baby inside your belly, but it can take even way longer. It could take forever. I mean, for your body to go back down, everything expands. My ribs have expanded. My whole structure has changed. (laughs) It's like, it's just not going to be what it is before. And I think it just, it is hard to deal with when you see social media and there's, you see there's pressure on celebrities when they post a picture and they're like, oh my gosh, she just had a baby and, and she snapped back. Like I remember Shane Mitchell, I think it was after she had her baby was out like partying a couple days later, which great, good for her. But you see celebrities who just like bounce back like that. And, and a lot of them have help. Or they have people like preparing all of their meals. Like, you know, we even talked about Jade from The Bachelorette who had, um, you know, a postpartum doula who like cooked all her meals and stuff that would be optimal in the postpartum period. Most of us don't have that. We're struggling to brush our teeth. <laughs> like, damn, I want, I want that homemade bone broth. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And I think it's the celebrity culture that I think is like the the hardest too so like uh you know name dropping you know I feel like you know that I'm going to bring up Emily Ratajkowski because oh yeah 
excuse the but like, p- exactly <laughs> like, but like bodies like that like some people and celebrities in general not in general but a lot of the time are just like some of them are just freaks of nature and it is genetic yeah. and they are gonna have these bodies for the rest of their lives part of why they're I'm, celebrities and models yes. and stars yes. because they're absolutely drop-dead gorgeous and, and i am not um, yeah. uh, <laughs> you are drop dead gorgeous. Well, thank you. I meant a model. You just don't have Emily's body, and that's okay. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> and then also on social media, like it's not just the celebrities. It's maybe like random people you stumble upon on TikTok. Maybe it's people you follow on Instagram. People you're friends with you used to be friends with. And I think it's really hard because even if say somebody had the baby a baby like around the same time as you did, yeah. And then like, how do you not? even just a little bit play like the, the, that toxic like comparing game yeah and it's so hard because you have to be so mentally strong to just be like this is my body this is my journey and it takes a lot to kind of get there to get to that mindset everybody's journey is different just because I don't look like that and never will look like that again that's that's okay like their journey is different than mine and so I think it's like it's kind of like when you see someone who posts a pregnancy announcement and you might think to yourself they got pregnant like that we don't know what goes on behind closed doors we don't know what people are going through we we don't just because something somebody posts something on social media we have no idea any of you know the behind the scenes of these things but when it's it's hard and the whole I mean, pregnancy journey, I think I've said this a million times and I'm a broken record and I'll continue to say it because to me, it's so true. The entire pregnancy journey from trying to get pregnant all the way through postpartum period is just the biggest roller coaster physically, mentally, everything across the board. So many things shift, so many things change. Your mind, you know, you might have some like postpartum fog a little bit where you're really not thinking straight. It's just, there's just so much pressure I feel like put on us postpartum or while you're pregnant right so like you see people who might have gained a lot of weight while they're pregnant some people who barely gained any weight while they're pregnant and Instagram whatever it's like a highlight reel but if you think about it both ways right so like if you think about somebody who's going up to a woman who might be carrying a little bit bigger and they say to them like oh are you sure there's not twins in there and and like they could be extremely self-conscious about their body and you just made it a million times worse without even realizing it with your comments that was unwarranted but also like what if somebody's carrying really tiny or like is having a hard time gaining weight because they're barfing 20 times a day and you don't know that and all you're doing is saying like oh yeah wow you're sure you're so little you're so tiny what if you're panicked about having a small baby you know right right yeah or your baby could have a two vessel cord instead of a three or it could have stopped growing like there's just so many things that are behind not only pregnancy postpartum birth for uh, but just everything people are dealing with every day you know and it's just this was social media is so hard it's so hard to just try and engage in the world because the world is online but to also not play the compare game and then to also think about like it really just terrifies me. And this can be a whole separate episode, but just raising kids in the age of social media and how to make sure that they feel confident in themselves and not compare. It's just funny when you see on TikToks, me at 13 versus 13 year olds today. And I'm like, yeah, 
that I, I just can you imagine when our girls are 13 and wearing crop tops and doing these TikTok dances? I mean, hopefully I can keep them on TikTok, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And I'm like envisioning that and like half laughing and half wanting to cry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's a terrifying thought. It is. And it's it's I think it's really, really important to try as best you can to just set yourself up for it. <laughs> This is something Cody Rigsby says all the time before a Peloton ride, like set yourself up for success or whatever, when he's like in the beginning of the class. But like, honestly, I think it's true here too. Like maybe go through whoever you're following on Instagram or on whatever social media platform. And is this, is following this person going to help me? Or is this going to make my current mental state more, a, a little worse, a little more toxic kind of going through and unfollowing people that maybe you think are putting up unrealistic expectations, which I mean, social media in general is typically a highlight reel, but it really just gets me to my core when people blatantly post and say like, this is not a highlight reel. This is my real life. But then still it is a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do appreciate, I'll say this just in terms of social media, like postpartum body and just appearance in general. I appreciate the social media accounts that I know that you and I both follow uh, Becca Martinez, who was on The Bachelor. Yeah. I appreciate account her. She just posts really funny, like ridiculous type stuff, but also is open about certain things. So like she was open about getting Botox for the first time and like post about her body and her body image issues that she had her whole life. And that's why she chooses not to shave her armpits and shave her legs. And I really like accounts that are, that claim to be, and I'm going to use the word real very loosely, that like claim to be real and open a raw view at motherhood and this and that, but like actually kind of are. Right. Yeah. And I think that's kind of hard. And I, something that I think you and I talk about, how do we do that when, when we get on stories and share things or come on this podcast is how to really and truly be authentic and real in what we're dealing with and in struggles. And I think it's hard to just, and that's why I feel like when we plan our podcast, we want to just be a conversation versus just like staging interview questions, because then it's just our real and honest thoughts. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't have to lose it. <laughs> just, just push the like skip forward 30 seconds. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen at one and a half speed. Yeah. I, yeah. I, Becca is I I like following accounts who just like share the real things and and then there's people who go in her inbox you know and DM like just crazy things and but parenthood is wild you know and situations are wild. I'm just laughing because Becca posted the other day her daughter found a dead bird in the backyard and was carrying it around and they gave it a whole burial and then people <laughs> were commenting like you know birds carry like nasty diseases right and she was like I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> let her daughter carry around a dead bird but <laughs> I do appreciate honest situations like that because like she's been a mom like a month longer than I have and people right. make mistakes and nothing prepares you for this shit like you could have as much experience babysitting as you can you could read as many books as you possibly can but like right actually living a reality of raising your own child or children it's very, very different. And then just kind of going back to what we were talking about in this episode, you can read books, you can talk to your friends, you can listen to podcasts, you can look at people's Instagram accounts, whatever on like 
postpartum bodies, but you don't know what your own body is going to be like until you go through it. And I think just like the simplest thing that you can say to, you know, even one person out there in the world wants my advice that I need to also continue to follow myself is just to give yourself grace. Yeah. That's it. Like your body, like you said, like your body's my body. We (laughs) grew human beings inside of us. Our bodies are absolutely incredible. But, and it's amazing to be so proud of that. But at the same time, I think it's natural and it's also okay to be like, wow, my body is so much different than it used to be. Yeah, I think that's true. And we've talked about before, like how we are both athletes. And and I think for me, one of the mental things that's hard to just come to terms with is like, I've always been super fit. And, and then now I, it's just completely different. And I think you're right. Just giving yourself grace and, and knowing that. And I did, um, a Peloton ride the other day in Tunde, who I love taking her classes. She just said, look at yourself a year ago from now or a year from now. And like, what have you done in that year and see how far you've come. And I think it's so true. Even if you're, if you are looking at the scale or you're looking at pictures and comparing yourself, I think just how you just look at all the things you've accomplished in a year. And I think for me, that really helps to keep motivate me to, to keep pushing forward that I am kind of like on this path and this journey. And I think you don't see that on social media. You don't see all the behind the scenes stuff. You are just truly seeing a highlight reel or a quick picture, or someone might do a comparison, but there's so much more that goes into it. And so I think that's helpful to just kind of put into perspective and see how far you've come because we can't all just like sit and work out for three hours a day. I was just going to add that. And that was going to be my, my last little, my last little tidbit is on top of going through all these struggles physically, mentally, like what in the world is my body doing? Like I want to try to get myself back into shape just to be strong. Right. But if you have a baby and you're a working mom and you go back to work after 12 weeks and say you're working a nine to five or even longer hours than that, some people have babies can only take X amount of time off and then are working full time just enough to like come home at night to put their baby to sleep. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's also really hard and really just impossible to play this comparison game when some people might have a lot more time in the day to focus on exercising or to focus on healthy, whatever it is, lifestyle. But I think it's, it's really difficult when how the hell can you even compare a mom who stays at home full time. And there are some moms who, you know, we follow on Instagram and that I see on TikTok and stuff that like they dedicate their lives to working out. Yeah. So say we have a baby the same time as a mom who's like literally like their life is to be like a personal trainer or like a health coach or whatever it is. Comparing that to somebody who's in an office or on their feet or working whatever kind of job 12 hours a day, that's very, very like that does not those comparisons just cannot even be made. And that kind of comes back to when we were talking about before prioritizing yourself in motherhood, because I have to decide on days I work in the office, do I want to work out? Do I want to spend an hour with my kid? Do I want to meal prep? Do I want to spend time with my husband? 
these are just things that before I had kids, I didn't, I didn't have to think about. I would wake up, go to work. I would do CrossFit for an hour. I'd stay after for an hour, talk, grocery shop, meal prep, and then get to bed. I would still get a full eight hours of sleep. There's no possible way I could do an exercise class. That's why I work out at home, but there, there's just, there's no possible way or else I'm giving up time with my kids and I'm not, my time is important. Yes. But I also have to work. I also have to spend time with my husband. Those are other things I want to do. So how could I even get back to where I was? it's just not. So it, that's what, that's what also is hard is like looking at, okay, the people who are posting these things, what does their look, life look like? Like, it's not just a, like, how do you look versus how I look? There's so many factors into it and, and, but it's still just hard. <laughs> it's still, yeah. that's just my reality. I still feel like it's hard. And I feel like just showing up in, in other areas of life and, and giving myself grace and for anyone else who's in that position, I feel like it, that's important. It is. And I also think that after I had Emmy, it took me time to really be like, okay, my life feels a little more steady now. <laughs> We're like, maybe on a little bit more of a predictable routine. And now maybe I will feel comfortable taking 30 minutes or an hour to myself, which in the beginning, when I started doing that, I felt so wrong. It just felt so strange to be like, okay, I'm going to, am I being selfish? Should I feel guilty about this? And it really does take a lot to prioritize yourself. And I feel fortunate enough to be home enough time, like in the mornings with Emmy. And then sometimes like when she's at school, it was when I would usually work out like last year. And that's what I'm planning on doing this year too. But if I were waking up right now, I'm working pretty long days these last few weeks. And I do not have 30 seconds of energy or willpower or anything to get my ass on that bike or to even like do a quick yoga class because I'm working 10, 11 hour days. And then I come home, I hang out with Emmy, put her to sleep and I am melt, melt into the couch. Yeah. So it's hard. And I think you know, we obviously don't know what other people go through. We don't live other people's lives, but I do think sometimes people, us included, have to kind of step back and I don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) We have to step back and just set realistic goals and expectations because I think it's also like comes a fine line where I'll just think of one of my old coaches who would be like, that's an excuse, but it's, I can't make up hours. I don't have. So do I want to hang out with my kids or exercise? And so it's just not realistic for me to be where I was before, where I was spending an hour and a half, five, at least days a week, sometimes doing two days, like that's never going to happen, but can I move my body five days a week. Yeah, I can. So today on my lunch break, I worked in the office. I went for an hour and a half walk while I was like taking calls. Like that's even something that I can work in to my day. And I think I'm just trying to be more intentional about how I move my body and also get like alone time and doing things that way. And I think that's just the mindset shift that I need is not making an excuse to be like, well, I have kids, well, I have this, I have that, but how can I be intentional about it? to feel my best and be the most confident in myself and show up for my family and in all the areas of my life. Because when you do something like that for yourself every day, you literally feel better. So it's a journey. 
that looks different for absolutely everyone and that's okay. And I think pregnancy, postpartum, I think society needs to do a better job of not saying rude things, asking people if they're pregnant, assuming they're pregnant, making, you know, body shaming, whether someone's super skinny or overweight, anything like that. But um, it's a journey. So we want to thank everyone so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would give us a review on Apple or Spotify. And you can always find us on real time on social media at Love Baby and Toddler. <laughs>